This podcast is sponsored by Agroplante. Imagination, innovation, science in action. Get ready for the 2023 Crop Consultant Conference in Visalia, California on September 27th and 28th, hosted by Progressive Crop Consultant Magazine and Western Region Certified Crop Advisors. This two-day event will feature a combined 44 hours of live and online continuing education units for attendees in the heart of California, a trade show, first-class dining, entertainment, and a mixer. Come join CCAs, PCAs, growers, and industry professionals at the Visalia Convention Center to hear from researchers and colleagues on the latest in agriculture. Registration is now open at progressivecrop.com conference. As a disclaimer, views expressed in interviews are solely those of the individuals and do not necessarily represent those of my ag life, JCS Marketing, and its employees. Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by the top publications in the industry, West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazine. Here is your host, Taylor Chalstrom. Hi, welcome to My Ag Life. Today we're talking with Mike Ming, agricultural appraiser and broker out of Kern County and owner of Alliance Ag Services about changing property trends and what's driving Trina land values these days. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah, great to have you here today. So, Mike, let's start off with really just that, what's driving these Trina land values. You know, two years ago, you were reporting that investors were eagerly buying up these larger tree nut properties uh, in California. However, the situation is quite different now. What's currently happening there? Yeah, uh, 2021 uh, seems like an eternity ago. Um, I mean, uh, back in the day, we had uh, money market rates at a quarter percent, and now they're five plus percent. Almond market uh, has been enduring a three-year, uh, you know, prices at below break-even. Uh, values have generally uh, continued to trend lower uh, in the market. Uh, pistachio market has begun to weaken a little bit, and it is also starting to trend a little bit lower. Uh, the table grapes have been on a multi-year uh, trending lower, uh, and all due to prices received I think the pandemic has a lot of lot to do with that, with uh, the supply chain being disrupted, and also just the uh, the less than break even prices uh, that farmers are receiving, and and now we got the weather on top of that, so uh, affecting the the harvest for almonds and table grapes. Definitely. Uh, that's interesting you bring up the pandemic, Mike. You know, it's a lot of folks would consider us, you know, completely out of the wind with the pandemic at this point. But it, it's to my understanding, you're saying we're really still seeing some of the effects that were caused from it two years ago today. I think so. I think we're seeing the supply chain still trying to get right uh, with ag products, especially, you know, we export a lot of ag products, almonds. Uh, table grapes, pistachios, and a lot of those markets just aren't fully open. 
And so we're seeing, uh, you know, a big supply uh, of, of, of crops that we cannot sell or we're selling at a lower price. Definitely. Maybe just briefly before we move on, could you more directly draw um, a line between that relationship and, you know, the actual land values themselves? It's just like kind of that struggle that's directly affecting those land values. Right. The income always has a direct effect on land value. Now, you can take a look at uh, the crops like almonds. And, and you can say, well, the almond crop over the past three years has had uh, negative returns uh, on average. Um, and so you're seeing negative returns to the farm. And so that directly relates to the value of the land, the underlying asset. And we've seen this collab, you know, this, uh, this basically this contribution of land where we always used to say, you know, pre-pandemic, pre, you know, 2021, we would say, you know, a great orchard with, you know, young crop, everything good. You'd say land value plus $10,000 an acre, and that's your, that's your, your orchard value. Uh, but now we're seeing a compression in the contribution of almond orchards. And so we're down to somewhere about 4,000 an acre in contribution down from the 10,000 an acre. And and now land prices are starting to devalue. So we're seeing it on both sides now. So I want to focus on, you know, who's buying what right now, just the buying interest in general. Obviously, another thing that's that's very different than two years ago. Uh, why are some folks really just sitting and waiting around right now as opposed to what we saw a couple of years ago? Yeah, I, there's a lot of cautious buyers out there sitting on the sidelines. Uh, there is cash on the sidelines. There's no doubt about it. And when they do find a, a property that they like that beat that that meet their criteria, they will make a run at it. And uh, so we we've actually uh, been in that position where we've had a couple of uh, orchards we've sold that uh, almond orchards that met the criteria of the private equity firm. And and they came in and, and purchased it. So there are buyers. They're very op, they're very cautious, uh, but they have a lot of cash sitting on the sidelines. Um, so I'm I'm thinking we're probably going to wait till probably second third quarter of 24 to see how that materializes and uh, and what comes of it. Definitely. And you know, I know we've been talking in kind of the context of tree nuts. It's a lot of what you deal with. But is there ag land that's actually up right now? Any commodities that are up? Um, I would say that the only commodity, like uh, a permanent planting that is up, that you could say is basically level to higher would be citrus. Certain levels, certain varieties of citrus uh, have done well. Uh, but even they're starting to show a little bit of, of uh, downward trend. Um, and I think that's just the overall market. It's not just citrus. I think it's, if you imagine all of the capital that has been pulled out of the market from losses in the, just the almond space over the last three to four years, that is a huge amount of capital that should have gone to buying tractors, fertilizer, labor, you know, uh, buying other farms, thing, you know, of that nature. And it's not there. And so we're, we're seeing it spread out across all the commodities.
Yeah, thanks for that, Mike. We're going to be right back after a word from our sponsors here. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante. Imagination. Innovation. Science in action. Hi, we're back talking with Mike Ming, agricultural appraiser and broker out of Kern County and owner of Alliance Ag Services about changing property trends and what's driving tree nut land values these days. So Mike, we've been really talking about the buyers here. Um, but I want to talk about uh, the sellers, the context of the sellers for a second. What are you typically asked, you know, when it comes to something like land values or appraisals um, from sellers? I'm curious. Uh, we're, we're a lot of the questions circle around what's next. Um, you know, uh, I, I think farmers as, as a whole understand values. They're, uh, they understand their value of their of their properties. Um, they understand that the market is in a uh, downward trend uh, due to all of the things we've already spoken about. Uh, I think that they are very smart in that regard. I think what's next, the highest and best use, what do I do next when I pull out an almond orchard? What we've been, we've had that question quite a few times. And and right now, my best my best answer is to stay in row crop. You know, do a row crop rotation, and let's see where this where this works out. Uh, it it's not the sexiest thing in the world, but you know, we're back to the basics of 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 row cropping, and you can you can make money at row cropping. So uh, I, that's our explanation of that, or how we talk to our our clients. Would you say that's like the easiest answer or the one that makes the most sense? I, I think it's probably, if you think about it, it's a little bit of both because you're basically, are you going to put another 10 to 15,000 in cost to establish into a land that you have no idea what the even short-term future is of that commodity? Or can you make money at row crop? And, and so you, I think both. I think, um, but it gives you time to take a breather and step back and assess the situations. Um, it's it's not good right now, and the health of the ag economy itself is is really uh, it's really having a tough time right now. Definitely, and Mike, I want to talk about another opportunity that um, you know people that own land or they're buying lands. Uh, agricultural land specifically kind of have these days these renewable energy pro projects that are kind of becoming a little more common, I understand. And, and I understand you also do work with some of those. So how do you really determine when uh, land, ag land is best for projects like this and, and no longer feasible for the production of a crop? Well, it really comes down to economics and 
and really it depends on the size of the of the renewable energy project you're looking at for especially for solar uh it's in the larger uh projects that we just were finishing up a 10,000 acre acquisition uh just north of Button Willow uh that's going to be tying into Midway Sunset and that is uh in semitropic in lieu water uh so basically groundwater pumping only uh the economics make sense to move towards the renewable uh, energy lease, long-term leases. And so the farmers uh, out there uh, were very knowledgeable and very understanding of, of when we approached them with this opportunity, they they understood the, the economics of it. So it was a good thing. Now there's also, um, you don't have to plug into a substation. There's also, smaller and mid-range projects that can tie into existing uh, transmission or into existing excess capacity. So there's all different sizes of solar projects that we're working on right now. I want to talk about, you know, a reality that a lot of growers are are facing maybe not a lot but some is is that you know there's still there's land in the central valley that that needs to be fallowed um you know what i'm sure you have people coming to you with questions about this as well what do you recommend kind of going forward in terms of some of that land that that still needs to be fallowed well we we look at the we'll look at the land first and see what the the economics are uh on the land uh, especially when you get into undistricted lands, what we like to call white land, uh, where you're just, you know, basically pumping groundwater, that's going to be very difficult going forward in Kern County. Uh, you know, other lands would be considered, you know, uh, water resource negative uh, that need excess water to to make a crop. So it really depends on the, where the land is, what it is. But uh, I think that following is uh, a good alternative. It's not the best alternative for the farmer, but it's an alternative that keeps them farming in the future and able to move those pumping credits over and use them on other property. Definitely. I'm just curious when a farmer is faced with that option, maybe any that you've known, uh, you know, are they they're typically looking for a way to, to continue farming. You know, they don't want to get out of it, but um, you know, it's, it's either this or don't. So you, do you find that a lot of folks will just do it in order to, to kind of continue their operations? Yes, I, they will. I, I think, you know, farmers are farmers. They love to, that's what they do for a living. They love to farm. And so uh, I think that they will find a way to, to work around this following issue. Uh, it's gonna be difficult, but it's it's gonna be something that, you know, the water is gonna dictate uh, how much land you can farm. And if you have, you know, water resources that aren't as good as you need, then you're gonna need to do some following or some other type of uh, water acquisition or, you know, another way to get get that water to those those crops. And especially if you have permanent plantings and you have hard demand, uh, you really need to really think about that. Well, Mike, hey, thanks for coming on the show today and, you know, providing some interesting perspectives, you know, from the appraiser slash broker 
pr- perspective about tree nut land values and and some of the struggles that um, growers in the state kind of face uh, in that regard. We we really appreciate you being here today. Thanks, David. Thanks for inviting me. This is Taylor Charleston for My Ag Life. Thank you for listening. Subscribe for updates, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.